0: Is David an intern or not? That's the Panther topic oh for today.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Coffee Rants and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. My name is David Harris, and joining me is Daniel Morris, John Seth Salmons, Skylar Teal, and Mike Tatum. Today we've got a coffee. The mic brought from South Dakota, right? Is that where you went? No, you can tell us. Yeah, about that, okay.
2: <laughs> this this coffee is from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we were in Phoenix. I was, it was close. close. Yeah, South Dakota, Phoenix. You know, um, <laughs> the state of Milwaukee. Um, the nobody got that, or is that just no? I, I mean,
3: I know that Milwaukee's not a state. Okay, okay.
2: Um, but anyway, is that a grandpa joke? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Um, no this this coffee is from phoenix arizona I was kind of um uh, uh trying to find a a like a a legit coffee shop local coffee shop stumbled across this one called songbird and uh so we went in and it was uh it was it was kind of a, a little place yeah and uh and we and so i asked them if they had brewed coffee and they said well uh all of our coffee that's brewed is done through pour over the way. So I said, okay, I'm in the right place. I think I'm in a good place. Um, so I uh, ordered um, a blend that is uh, a Costa Rica. <laughs> it's a Costa Rican blend. It's a medium roast. They didn't have any light roast coffees. They had a choice of three. One was Costa Rican. So that's what I did. And so this is the one uh, that we are going to test this morning. Sorry, I just got, I
3: just looked over at David and he sniffed the coffee and then was like yes. in heaven for a moment. Absolutely. I just, I, I don't. It
1: and does smell keeping, it really good. In it keeping like an honoring Songbird coffee, I did make pour over. I made it in a pour over. Right. Mm. Stick with that. This is for you, Songbird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what does everybody think? I like it. I think I'm going to like it more as it cools down a little bit because that's yeah. typically how I drink my coffee. Oh. Cold. 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 No. Of,
4: <laughs> maybe next year. I like it. That's really good.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's more it's darker than the last two coffees we've had. Right. Um but it's not like super traditional either. It's kind of in mm-hmm. between. It has oh, it has the the aroma and the flavor
2: of some of the light roasts that you brought in, but it is it it's bolder. Yeah. In in
4: that. And so
0: i so,
2: still trying to so lost. This, out. this like, is. I know. I'm understand. so proud of you, what, Mike. Are you, I'm, I'm, I'm so sad. proud of you. Dude,
4: this is closer to what I would want to drink like every day. Like that, every day. literally, yeah, yeah, that's I what agree. I was thinking. Was right.
0: this would be an awesome daily drinker?
2: But I, I really wasn't sure uh, because they only had like a, a a medium and a dark roast. I, I wasn't wasn't sure if that was going to fly or not. But it it was good when I had it in the coffee shop. So that's why this I thought is I was really good. Yeah. About I like
0: it. Did that minute and a half cool it down enough for you, David?
3: <laughs> yeah. Much better now.
2: So what do you think,
4: Skyler? You need some French vanilla? Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I can, can we just say I'm glad that he poured half of his cup into mine right. before we started? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, David filled yeah. mine up way I know. Dark. I wasn't thinking.
1: <laughs> I forgot who I was pouring whoa, whoa, the coffee whoa. for. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's got like those... I don't know. It's got usually in a dark roast coffee, you've got notes of kind of like sort of a dark chocolate thing. It's got that, but it's also got sort of like a honey thing going on for me. I don't know if anyone else is going to speak to that. I keep
0: drinking it. Like I drink it. I'm like, that was all right. And I'm like, wait, yeah, I think I need more of that. Like I I keep like, it's good. Good. I don't get honey though.
1: No, I do. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that.
0: Okay.
2: So, Daniel, if you were going to pro- provide some tasting notes for this coffee, what
4: would your tasting notes be? Oh, <laughs> hang on. I don't know. Not honey. <laughs> I see the dark chocolate thing. It's sweet. There's I no, think, yeah, there's a little bit of sweetness in it. I don't know where to
1: where to peg that. What do you think, Skyler?
4: Sweetness. I don't get any sweetness.
1: <laughs> I feel like getting sweetness out of a coffee. It, it does take time getting used to Well, also, like you that. can't like,
4: always have French vanilla in your coffee. Right. Say if, that one more time. If you always have French vanilla in your coffee, <laughs> then nothing is going to taste sweet. Yeah. yeah. You know
1: what I think we should do one day? I think we, sh- we should. Probably not. No, no, no. This we should. Like Seriously. What we should do is I should bring in like three different coffees and I should make them. And then we should try each one and try to tell the difference between each one because then like skylar might taste one and be like oh that's super bitter taste the next one it might be less bitter taste the, i would try to get them like from most bitter to least bitter and see if skylar can start to like sense the sweetness in a coffee or something like that there I is no that.
4: bitterness in in this coffee that's
1: what i would say too spice would you
4: would call that bitter
3: i don't know it's not acidic either i probably would use the wrong language if i
4: tried so you should try
3: i don't know what it tastes like
2: <laughs> it, it tastes like coffee <laughs> without
4: french vanilla creamer
1: i wish they had so on the website i wish they did have information about it right all i know is it's from costa rica but right they don't have like tasting notes or anything on the bag good for yeah. them it's just a gimmick you guys have had hot tea with honey in it right yeah you, that's the kind of sweetness i'm getting from mm. this to me
2: nah
4: i'm with skylar on this
2: one
1: i'm interesting i don't
2: know i think i get a little bit of a, a citrus kind of Kind of uh, flavor, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's a, even if it's like a, a rind of a yeah. citrus fruit, rather than the sweetness of the citrus.
1: Skylar's just. I just said his that head. to see what Skylar
2: would do. Understand?
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe someday, Skylar. Maybe someday. Here's probably,
1: what you do, Skylar. Start drinking only unsweet tea, only black coffee, only sugar-free stuff, only diet soda. You're willing to do that, True. right?
0: No, I no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Here's a hot take. Dr Pepper Zero tastes better than Dr Pepper. Oh my gosh! Get out! Get out! It tastes better. I like, better I like Coke Zero better than I like Coke Zero better than Coke too. I do wow. too. And the new flavor, the new Coke Zero flavor, is like yeah. yeah really I don't good. know if I'll drink a regular Coke again. They're just messing with me because
2: they changed the packaging on it. it me they out. got you. They did.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. I would much rather drink a zero soda than a regular Doesn't soda. Doesn't even warrant. That's nonsense. Uh, I'd rather you're drink in the, the minority, water. buddy. See, for that's me, right. regular soda is just too sweet for me. I can it take is. like two sips and I'm like done with it. It's just too it's too sweet. Agreed. Anyway, that's my problem with most yep. of the sweet tea that is served
2: in restaurants. Absolutely. Here in North I agree
1: Florida. with you. It's all way too sweet. Yep. Yep. Hey,
0: if I'm it cool. ain't half sugar, it ain't sweet tea. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: There are so many people that would agree with that. I am not one of those people. <laughs> right, right. I guess Mike's got a banter topic for us. No, yeah, I'm
3: already like offended over here. So I, I know.
2: See, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can see your. I'm hand Pretty through. sure the whole Coke Zero he thing is. might be <laughs> one that we yes. can return. to Sky, Skylar, Skylar is like, like is gripping Pe- this Pe- mug, no <laughs> Dr Pepper
4: or nothing. Sorry, man. I players. Tw- Dr Pepper. time. <laughs> the only Coke he likes. So I was just (laughs)
2: wondering, I guess, and I don't know if it will be banter, if we'll all agree or what, but I was just wondering uh, if there are any circumstances and what would those circumstances be where you would eat at at an all-you-can-eat buffet in a restaurant, at a
4: restaurant buffet?
0: That's a normal Tuesday, baby. Any circumstance where you would? Yeah,
2: where you would. Is it
4: Chinese food?
2: Well, I don't know. That's that's what I'm asking. Are there certain circumstances where you will eat at a buffet, and are there certain circumstances I, where you will if not?
3: Someone invites me.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. Basically. So you have it's no problem with a buffet? At not a at all. Not, not really. All. I grew up going now, to I mean, Corral. Like, I get it.
3: That is kind of like you know I, I I've been to Ruby Tuesday, Tuesdays, Tuesday, which Tuesday. is Tuesday. Tuesday. It's just yeah. one it's Tuesday. Only one day. Yeah. There was a lady who was breathing right on the glass protector of the and it was kind of i was a little disturbing
0: that's why the glass I didn't really go
3: there. well you know. but you could like I'm see the
0: you could see the fog that's what gla- you look because you power house. mover and you draw a face in it <laughs>
3: no not doing that <laughs> see i i think Again,
1: that's so a i i typically wouldn't choose it i would go if someone asked me to go or whatever but i think my reason would be different it's not so much like a lot of people are freaked out about the germs and the and the cleanliness of the restaurant and stuff. That's not why I don't want to go. I just have never really gone to a buffet where the food was even that good at all. Like every time I go to a buffet, the food's just really mediocre. And that's the reason I wouldn't go. I'm not so much worried about germs and stuff like that. That's, I mean, like when I think about a, uh,
3: buffet, I would tend to go to like, uh, like I would think about a Cracker Barrel type of place or not Cracker Barrel. Uh, I'm sorry.
4: The <laughs> well, not a what What's the other one? Golden Corral. Oh, yeah. Like, gold and,
0: yeah, yeah. and
3: awesome. I don't know, it's fine. Like, right. it's not a great food. Right. So right. I, I, I can get that. Now, a Chinese buffet is like. A, a, is that your mecca? It's like nobody ever wants to go to a Chinese buffet. It gets a bad rap. But like, it's. I love a Chinese buffet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love a good Chinese buffet. What was
0: that place in Dothan? Ikebong? <laughs> no, it was a buffet. I don't know.
4: Chinese buffet. What about you, Daniel? Buffet King. or no? Um, I I'm hesitant of buffet buffets. Like Chinese buffet, like that, you know, it's just it's just so good. But uh but others, like a Golden Corral or something, like you know, the really like the germ thing kind of bothers me. Like I don't want people breathing on my food.
1: Yeah. Didn't Golden and, Corral used to be Cheaper than it is now, too. Like I, I feel like the push used to be: I'm you sure spend ten bucks and get all the food you want. And I think now it's like almost twenty bucks a person.
0: Yeah, I maybe remember. it was just it, we used to think it was so cheap because kids were like three bucks to eat at a buffet, oh, like Ryan's. Yeah. yeah, and now we're adults. Y'all you know, you know Ryan's? I, I no, at Ryan's. Ryan's was pretty good. I Never heard of that. That was a the the upper echelon of buffets.
1: I've never even heard of that before. Where would Orion's be? Did you do that on purpose? Yes. <laughs> I don't believe him. Uh, what
3: what is your take? Do you not like buffets?
2: No, I you know, there was a time when I was okay with it, but I think there were there were too many times when I just saw like really hairy guys in wife beater shirts going through a buffet and I'm like, I just I just
0: it's probably my cousin to be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I I I would tend to be consistent in the application of, of buffet
4: slash church covered dish dinner <clears throat> slash. One too many hands you spot inside the food and it's just that's not yeah. good. So so I I would if I'm th- that that and, and there's other there's 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 really
2: another reason is um, I don't like paying for food that I don't eat. Yeah. So, mm. so if I go to a buffet, that's all you can eat. I'm going to eat way too much <laughs> because I'm going to yeah, get my money. I want to get my money's worth. <laughs> yeah, It's a stewardship issue. E- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I will, I will, uh, refrain unless.
0: I remember when shoney got their chocolate fountain. That you oh, could no, dip, no, like the no, fruit. No, in. No. Well, listen, they they had it for the fruit, no. But what me and my brothers had <laughs> it for
4: the was the chicken, the fish. <laughs>
0: Anything what? and everything this you can
4: put chocolate. Right, on. We right.
0: walked up to that fountain and put a chocolate yeah. all. Did of you it. say fish? Yes. What? <laughs> Anything, and bro? It's probably a chocolate stuck fountain. Your
2: hand in it and oh, it was rolling yeah. down your oh, elbow. Yeah.
4: And we cupped it once or twice. Oh <sighs> my gosh! And that's no. why I can't eat at a buffet. Exactly okay, not. if I would see exactly.
0: that at a buffet, I definitely would go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoney's man. I can't remember where it was. Maybe. But see, when it. I think about a buffet, like
3: I, I'm not turned up. I'm not hesitant about the buffet. I'm more just hesitant about like, I don't know. I'm with you, David. Like it's like, when I think about a, a golden corral, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather go somewhere else, probably. Right. Exactly. But it's it, not the buffet. It's just more of like, the food's fine. The right. food's okay. Well, if it's I go all. to
1: golden corral, I'm going to get a meal that I could get somewhere else, probably for cheaper yeah. and probably better. Yeah. So yeah,
3: I'm with you. It makes sense. Yeah.
2: yeah buffets it's, are all about volume. Right, exactly. It has nothing to do with quality. It's all
4: about right, I am, right. right. I, yeah. I will say, like for me, Mexican food does not belong on a buffet. No, yeah, that's no. a that's a hard no for
1: me. Yeah, I, I don't
0: know if I've seen that.
1: So, El can, can I ask why that exactly. is like worse than maybe another exactly. food group? I'm just like I'm curious. You ever seen an enchilada after it sat there for like three hours? Yeah, no, like, I don't. Yeah, I, I, t- I don't typically eat Mexican a lot. Ugh. It's like most Tex Mex is the limit for me the limit it just I mean shouldn't. even if I go to a Mexican restaurant I'm going to get a very simple like quesadilla I'm not After a huge Mexican food devour yeah. the chips and sauce yeah, right. <laughs> right. absolutely that's hey, why yeah. you eat at a Mexican hey, that's food. a dalles whole another
0: podcast talking yeah. about David's queso and chip eating habits <laughs> no I think you My should, man can put I, think you should tell I think you should talk about it now We're I don't forget. I don't think I've ever seen a man eat so many chips and queso I, at a table it's impressive for the size of man that you are for how much you put away, <laughs> it blows my mind. Like I am literally baffled at how how much chip. And then eat his whole meal and then go back for more chips and queso at the end.
1: Mike, didn't you say you want to get your money's worth? My, That's right. My I want man gets his, his money's worth. Money's worth. That's <laughs> right. That's right.
3: <laughs> Is this not how you s- saw this conversation going? Uh, pretty much. Oh. How was I going to be left? To- Did you think I was?
2: Well, I, I really was surprised of that there was a lot more support in this group for eating at buffets, oh, okay. and I knew that you liked Chinese buffets, yeah. So I thought that you would get harassed a little bit oh, yeah, for yeah. that, but
1: yeah. evidently I'm the I'm <laughs> the one.
2: This took a turn.
3: Just how the turntables. Have a turn. turn
1: yeah. Scott, have you had a Chinese buffet in Lake City? Uh Yes, I Which have. Which one? A couple of times. The one in the mall. Yeah. Sakura. That's, that's oh, good, right? okay.
0: Yeah. It's uh, actually Shelly One Sakura? time. Good try.
3: Anyways.
2: Yeah, and evidently that is the lower
3: echelon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were driving down 90 one day, and Shelly's like, we should try that place. And I was shocked. So we pulled right in there. <laughs> <laughs> before, we before she, she changed her, her mind. She changes her mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time that she'll probably go there.
1: <laughs> was it good? Yeah,
0: nice, yeah. It's a Chinese buffet. So, what's for lunch
4: today? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sakura. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Sakura means cherry blossom in Japanese. It is a character in a show that I watch. It's literally Sakura, it's not Sakura. Yeah, well, I'm probably, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm saying this. This is
2: wrong. Lake City. Well, yeah,
0: I'm telling you is how is like, oh, say to say it. You're like, listen to you, I know what you said. i <laughs> you
2: I, if I'm going to do China, and I know it's not really Chinese, but if I'm if I'm in the mood for something along those lines, I'm going to go to Panda Express. Mm. And I know that I like that's panda. like that's
0: like not even real Chinese,
2: <laughs> not food, Chinese, yeah. But but it's good. I like it's panda. Good. I like Panda. I do enjoy
4: right.
0: Panda. I'm the only one. Bernie doesn't like Panda. Really? Really? Yeah.
4: See, so I'm, I never get. Shelly
2: doesn't like Panda. Really?
1: That Kung Pao chicken, man. Oof. Orange chicken. They have a orange chicken, uh, uh, sweet yeah, fire chicken. Like chicken. Yeah, sweet fire. I just got turned off because I tried to go through the drive-through during COVID. Well, we're still in COVID, but I tried to go through the drive-through, and I literally sat there for like maybe ten minutes, and no one even came on the drive-through speaker or anything. Really? I had to leave. Wow, they were open too. They like I I've in. not had that. It was really strange. Wasn't Popeyes? No, it wasn't Popeyes.
0: <laughs> what do y'all think about crystals? Oh my gosh,
1: I'm pretty Sack sure Mike's Cole, on man. board. Yeah.
2: Well, see, here's the thing: when we lived in Miami, they didn't have crystals. And so when my dad and I would go to like the races at Daytona, or we would go to visit family in Jacksonville, that was, I mean, that was the stop and we would pick up, you know, a couple of dozen. That's a good trip. And, and, and eat crystal hamburgers the whole time because we didn't, Mm -hmm. we didn't have it. And so, so that was always a treat. Mm. Amen. Now, and, and like, like with our family, we didn't have steak and shakes in Miami either. So when we would go on vacation, we would travel, we would plan our stops. Around exits that had steak and shakes, It's So cheap. Yeah, it's yeah, the best. It, it you it get was, like a that was hamburger. my dad. Yeah. He loves steak and shake. It's a it's a dad thing, I'm telling you.
1: I love steak and shake. You can pay four bucks and get a triple hamburger with fries. Come on, Jack. That's pretty awesome. That's stewardship. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Daniel, what about you? You down for the crystal burger?
4: Oh sure. I will say the most surprising thing I've ever heard Mike say <laughs> was on a, a we were on a, a together for the gospel trip in Louisville. We just finished for the night. And this is like all day conference. It's, I don't know, 930, 10. Mike's like, hey, let's stop at Crystal." <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hey. We were shocked.
2: I mean, we used to make, when, when my, my parents lived in Hilliard, and we would go up and see them, and everybody would kind of converge, and we'd have the whole family there. I mean, it was a midnight run to Crystal. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Mm.
3: So. Do you not? Do you like Crystal? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Since everyone else gave an opinion. Mine's just that they're all right. I mean, they're not bad. but If they had one in Fort White, you'd be there every that's week. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yep. You, you, you don't have yep. a lot of options. Best burger ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Nostalgia is powerful. powerful it things. tastes terrible. <laughs> Nostalgia tastes awful. Oh, man. Well, we're in week three of our Sola series, and uh, we've talked about Scripture alone and grace alone. And today we're going to talk about Faith alone. I've got my Faith Alone by Thomas Schreiner book with me, but that's really just to make me feel better because I really didn't read right. any of it. <laughs> to be honest,
2: yeah, Schreiner's uh, book in that series is, I think, one of the best uh, of the five that are that are written in that series. Um, faith is something that I think uh, is very misunderstood in our culture, uh, especially in the in the era of. Like in, in like Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil and those kind of things, faith is just some kind of abstract sincerity in our the culture around us. So I think it's important that we have conversations about what faith is, um, what role faith plays in our salvation. Uh, where does faith even come from? Uh, is it something that we muster up in ourselves? Is it something that we are able to generate for ourselves, or uh, is it uh, something that God? Uh, in his grace gives to us uh, t- to be used or not used uh, for his glory. and uh, Yeah.
0: So I like Schreiner's question that he kind of poses at the front of the proposes at the front of the book is how can a person be right with God? And that's what sola fide kind of mm-hmm. answers is how can a person be right with God? And I, I really liked how he set the tone with that. Yeah. And just kind of given a, 'Cause that's a uh, that's a question that we should ask and like as unbelievers thinking like, Well, is there anything I can do to be right with God? Right. right. And I think the world tells us, Yeah, man, should be a good person, you know? Right. Be nice, be kind.
2: Yeah, do good
1: things. Do good things yeah. and
0: then, you know.
1: And there's wrong answers even in the church too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has turned into what we've talked about in yeah. the past, just like these rituals or these rites of passage, you right. know. And that's not yeah. that's right. not what it's about. Right. I, I would say for any any
2: uh, any act of worship, uh, for it to be, to have any credibility in the kingdom has to be done in faith. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and so that's why it's important that we understand what that means and what that looks like and, and maybe explore some of the nuances of, of what biblical faith really is, uh, because we have to always keep in mind that we are, when we talk about faith, there's already a, there's a, there's a much, um, more, um, I guess, uh, our, our culture talks more about faith than it does grace. Yeah. Our, our culture has defined for itself faith even more so than, mm-hmm. than grace. So when we're, when we're talking about grace, we understand we, we, you know, God gives us grace. We extend grace and the culture has an idea of what grace looks like it, in terms of kindness and those kind of things. Um, but when it comes to faith, um, they, they've actually developed, uh, definitions of faith that, that, are antithetical to the gospel and and unbiblical. And so we need to be able to understand what those are and and what the the correct response to that would be. Um, Because you're right. The Bible very clearly says in Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So anything that we do in the context of worship, in the context of our service, even in the context of our good works done apart from faith has no has no bearing on eternity, has no eternal significance. We might do good things here to make this place a better place. But apart from faith, it does. It doesn't, those things don't please. They're not pleasing to the Lord uh, because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So it's important to know what that faith is.
1: I almost feel like our culture's definition of faith is, I don't even know. It's more of just like a, just hold on thing. Like, If people are struggling through a circumstance in their life, people are all like, oh, just have faith or it's like a coffee mug phrase now. And it's really what they mean is like, just hold on. Things will get better or something like that. Right. Because by
2: definition, I mean, faith is something you've, when you have faith in something, you are trusting something. So when somebody says, well, just have faith. Okay. Well, what, what What am I going to have? What am I having faith in? Exactly. And, and generally it's, well, just have faith in yourself. Mm. Find the strength, find the inner strength, find the the you know, dig deep down inside and just, just have faith that you're gonna be okay. And um yeah. and, and that's really not that's not a biblical faith. That's not certainly not what the Bible writers meant when they used the word faith. Yeah. Well,
0: and even like have faith in faith right. is even what I'm starting to see more prevailing mm-hmm. is right. ourselves, but also just if you just have faith in anything,
4: yeah,
1: yeah, then you're good. Like it's just this abstract thing. Right.
0: Yeah, like I mean and leading to Universalism of like if you just have faith, like all roads lead to the same place, yeah, like, right. which is false. It's not right.
2: And and again, I think in our culture, it's defined more as a, a sincerity. Yeah, um, yeah. Just just be sincere. Well, um,
0: yeah. It's like it's almost just like Southern culture is like hospitality, right? right. And uh, yeah, it's like a false kindness kind of.
1: Yeah, faith, family whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. All plug the, in other, there. The, all the other hobby yeah. lobby. Little yeah, things exactly. Somewhere. Right. Exactly.
3: Your comment about faith and faith reminded me of the, one of the quotes I read in the Shriner and he says, faith saves not because of our faith, but because of the one in whom we trust. I thought that was a really good line. Yeah. Mm. That yeah. Is. yeah. 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 It's the object of faith That's right.
2: that makes biblical faith,
4: <clears throat> um, so important and right. So what's our definition of biblical faith? What's a good, what's a good foundation for that? You know, when I, when I talk, just to give you a second to think about it, yeah. um, when I, when I talk about faith with kids, we talk about words like hope and trust. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course that's always tied, tied to Jesus. It's our, it's our, our trust and our, our, our hope in him and his work of the cross. Yeah.
2: I, and I think that's good when, when I, I tend to use, because of what our culture has done with faith, I tend to use trust. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm, when I'm speaking about, and we say it often in the context of our church, we trust. In the finished work of Christ in His cross, so that trust is faith. We have faith in what He has already accomplished. We have faith in Him. We believe in Him. Um, the problem, not the problem, because the Bible, the Bible tends to translate the word trust or the, the word faith as as believe, um, and, and uh, when, when it's a verb form. So so in the Greek, the word is pistuo, and that means faith. Um, and it's a noun, something that can be possessed, but it's also a verb. "Pistuo" is actually a verb. So, but we don't have a verb form of faith. So, when the when the authors are translating it, they're using the word "believe." Um, the the problem is 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 in our cultural context and in our language, it is developed where belief is something of the mind. It's an intellectual assent. Mm. Um, and what we need to understand is faith is so much more than just the intellectual assent uh, to a story that is plausible. In other words, Oh, well, I hear the story of Jesus that could be believable. So I'm going to believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but faith is so much more than that. Faith is actually a a verb. It is something that we, it it is something that is expressed. It's something that is worked out. Um, so, so for me, and, and I do like, um, Eric Mason uses the word confidence, uh, when he talks about faith, having a confidence in something. And I really like that. Um, and, and so it's, it's a trust and it's a confidence in the work that Christ has done so much so that it leads us to some sort of action. It's not just something that's relegated to our mind. It's something that we live out and something that we put on display to, it's something that we exercise And as we exercise that faith, as we exercise that trust and that confidence that is strengthened in us, it grows in us. Our faith actually grows. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so because I've heard people say sometimes, you know, man, I wish I had that kind of faith. Well, you can. Mm -hmm. But but you have to trust God. You have to have confidence in God in the little things if you ever expect to have a trust or confidence in God in the big things of life. And, And so we see that played out in Abraham's life. Um, Abraham is, we, we talk about faith in Abraham by faith. He stepped out and went to a place where he didn't know where he was going, that God was going to show him. So by faith, he followed God. But then James talks about, uh, about the work that Abraham did. That was an expression of that faith. The fact that he was willing to carry his son up to the top of a mountain to mm-hmm. offer him as a sacrifice to God was a demonstration well, that Abraham had all of the trust and confidence in God that would not have happened had Abraham not trusted him in those first things. Yeah. Wow. And, and so, so a lot of times faith is something that is built up in us over time as we exercise it, as we trust God, we learn to trust God. Yeah. Um, and that might, might sound circular, but I mean, it's, it's no different than the, the physical muscles that we work out. Yeah. We want them to be stronger. We have to use them. Yeah. Um, and when you get my age, you realize that there are muscles that, that you haven't used in a while. And when you use them, they hurt. Mm. And, uh, and, and faith is that way sometimes too. When, sometimes when we, we trust God, we're having to trust him in the midst of a, of a very difficult situation.
0: Yeah. And even in, with Abraham, his faith, his confidence, his trust in God, even it, it was even growing in his failures, he would still see God come through for him. And I think for myself, when when you were talking about like Abraham, like my first thought was the good part of or the, the mountaintops, right? To play on words with with Isaac, like that, that the experiences where he did show like full confidence and trust in God, but right. then there were also moments of Abraham's life where he didn't.
4: That's correct. But
0: God uses even those moments, those valleys of Abraham's life to prove his faithfulness, to prove that right. Abraham can put his trust, can put his confidence in God. Because even when we mess up, God doesn't. Right. And, God's, and that's how, uh, just thinking through that, was like, man, mm-hmm. what a way to grow your faith and your confidence and seeing even your mistakes and see how God comes through for right.
2: you. I, I think, uh, you know, and, and I like what you, what you said, our faith— uh, and I mean, we go, we go back to we're, we're made in the image of God. Um, our faith exists because of the faithfulness of God. That's right. Um, because God is faithful to us, we are then able to have faith. And so faith is not something that we just muster up in our own strength, our own courage, um, in our own mind. Uh, faith is something that through the faithfulness of God, he allows us to experience. And he, and he had to do that. Um faith for humanity became real and tangible in Genesis three. Yeah. Because prior to that, Adam and Eve walked with God by sight in the garden, yeah. enjoying man. all the blessings of God. Um, but in Genesis three, in the fall, um, you know, <laughs> man is banished from the garden. They're removed from the presence of God, but God loved us too much to keep us in that separation. So what does he do? He gifts them with this wow. thing called faith to reestablish that physical spiritual connection. Um, and so, so that's why I say any act of worship apart from faith is insignificant in in, in material. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense that, and we see that played out in Genesis four where Abel Mm. worships by faith and Cain worships, um, in works. Um, Man. and so Cain is saying, Hey, look, look at what I've done for you, God. Abel says, Hey, God, here's, here's something back that you've given me. Uh, you know, so uh, again, it's just a completely different mindset. Uh, and so, and so I say that because, you know, we think we're divided between, you know, uh, maybe secular versions of, of faith and spiritual versions of faith. Well, that division has been in play ever since Genesis four. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 this, this is why we, this is why the world is the way it is. Um, but, but again, by, but God has gifted us with that faith in order to reestablish that, that connection. So that if we want to, if we really want to experience anything spiritual, we can only experience it through the lens of faith, under the framework yeah. of faith, or we can't, we can't experience it at all. Hmm. Um, and That's so, really and good. so God gifts that faith to us so that that, that, that
0: connection can be made. We want to talk about justification.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah cuz when we say faith alone that's we're justified by Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like like I like what um how Calvin kind of talks about justification by faith alone. A right relation. What'd you say? I said you would. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. A right relationship to God can't be gained by works since all people sin, thus the only pathway to salvation is faith. So Calvin just kind of and in this chapter of this book, I, I, it's man, this one is really good, really well written and formulated. I really enjoyed Schreiner's writing style. Uh, that has nothing to do with this, but um, with <laughs> with justification and faith alone, I, I think is I guess where my mind goes. Like, is faith the product of being justified? So, like justification. Is the process of which we get faith because we are justified? Help me out here. Yeah, help me out. I, I'm, I'm, a little confused on on kind of this.
4: I think both. There's you know, saving faith is is a product of you know imputation, Christ Christ giving us righteousness, justifying us, and and then you know there's there's faith in our our walk in Christ beyond that even that grows. Like Mike was.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's where you're at, John. Seth is there are two. Uh just like we we said there is a saving grace and yeah. then there's a sanctifying grace. I think yes, faith okay. faith is is very similar. Okay. There is a saving faith and then there is a sanctifying or a growing gotcha. faith. Gotcha. And so yes, um by by faith we are justified. But then the whole reformation is predicated on Luther's uh you, you know, on, on what Luther brought out of the scriptures, the just will live by faith. So, so yeah, by faith, we are declared righteous, um, by our God. That is our justification. We are justified by faith in the finished work of Christ and his cross. But then, but then in that faith we, and then we continue to live by that faith as well. The just will live. Those who have been justified will live by faith. So, um, and I think this is where some, some of, um, um i think he deals with with some of the some of that with regard to edwards and and some of the other the, the mm-hmm. other uh, preach, preachers since the reformation and even in the great awakenings um and with the the concept of the perseverance of the saints is it, how 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 does faith play into not just the the, the justif- justification but into the sanctifying process that will eventually persevere to to glory and 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 what will and, and I think where where we find difficulty in reconciling is if if the Bible says the just will live by faith, then if you if you take uh, the the rules of logic and you take the converse and you invert it, then then that means if you're not living by faith, then you are not justified. Um, and and that's where I think we have a problem. Uh, not not a problem. I think that's that's hard for us to reconcile because because we place, and, and this is the same mistake we make with grace. We place such an emphasis and, and historical evangelicalism, especially in Southern Baptist life, has placed such an emphasis on that saving moment that we forget that salvation is way more than that. Come on. Salvation is, is always, always has to be understood in terms of justification, sanctification, and glorification. It is always past, present, and future. Um, and and so so we cannot relegate our salvation to a moment in our history any more than we can relegate faith to a moment in our history or in our past. Faith and grace stay with us through salvation, working out our salvation. Not not being saved by our works, but working itself out so that so that we uh, fulfill the the idea of scripture that says the just will live by faith. And, and so we, we, that faith stays with us and, and we exercise it on a regular basis. And the way, see part of the issue about talking about faith is how we exercise that faith, how we grow that faith. The only way we grow that faith is by trusting God. And the only way we trust God is to be put into situations where we have to trust God because we're so used to just depending on ourselves and our own strength and figuring out our own problems So God has to bring adversity into our lives in order for our faith to be tested, in order for it to be strengthened.
0: So you mean to tell me that God will put me in a situation that I can't handle?
2: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I know that we like to think that he won't give us things beyond what we can handle.
4: God might, in fact, give us more
2: than we can handle. That's right. So, because that's the only way we will trust him. Our natural inclination is to trust ourselves. Our natural inclination is to have confidence in ourselves. And what what the Bible is trying to do and what salvation does and what God is doing is he's trying to undo all of that mm-hmm. because that that is not the ideal. The ideal is full dependence on him and trust in him because only he knows what's best for us. And again, we live in a culture where we think we know best. Um, and, and so, so this is, it's counterintuitive. It's countercultural, uh, this whole concept of, of walking by faith, not by sight. And we, we live in a world where, I mean, we all have spoken to people and we've talked with people and we know that, that, um, there are certain mindsets out there that if, if it can't be empirically proven, they're not going to believe it. They're not going to, they're not going to trust it there. If they can't, if they can't see it, if it can't be tested scientifically, if it can't be figured out mathematically, then they're just not going to believe it. And there's some inconsistency there. It, because, I, again, I think that our faith is not based on reason, but it is a reasonable faith. Um, it, it, it is not a blind faith. It is something that is, is, is very reasonable. I mean, for instance, um, uh, for some reason, mathematicians, um, they can work with the concept of eternity. They call it infinity but but they developed a number line that extends into the negative numbers forever. It extends into the positive numbers forever. All you got to do is keep adding a zero and it can go out both ways. You put a decimal point in there and start adding zeros in between the decimal and that one. it infinitely collapses on itself. Mm there are an infinite number of eternal points on a number line. And yet you bring that concept into the spiritual realm and it's like, Oh, we can't believe that. Mm. And and, and so, so our faith is, again, it's not based on reason because, because by definition it has to transcend our ability to, to reason it and rationalize it. Um, But it's, it's not completely and totally unreasonable If, if you, if you're willing to think about it with an open mind, which, which again is why I get a kick out of sometimes when they talk about Christians being the closed minded people. Well, you know, when it comes to a certain, certain segment of of morality and some of those things, yeah, we believe that there are some, some things that God has put in place that, that by his design make things operate in an orderly way. Um, but, but it takes a pretty open mind to by faith trust that God stepped out of the glories of heaven, clothed himself in humanity, lived a life that we could not live, the perfect life in Christ, then took that perfect life and put it on a cross, crucified for our sake, killed for our sins, was buried and 3 days later rose again. I think that takes a pretty open mind to believe.
4: Amen. And
2: I'm glad to believe it and I'm glad to to trust and place my confidence in a in a God who has done that for me. And I and I think that if 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 the world would just stop for a second and realize the mess that we've made of it, then maybe they would, they would actually learn what it, what it means to to trust God and and his goodness. That's just me.
0: Yeah. That's really good.
4: You've had your Bible open over there for a while. Do you want to throw something out here? We need to (laughs) shift our focus Um, on the concept of justified
3: by faith. My mind goes to Romans four and five at the beginning of Romans four For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Um, What do you guys think, And and we've kind of covered this a little bit, but... How do you reconcile, uh, when, because with the reformers, faith alone came in contrast to the church that was preaching, you're justified by your works, uh, not by faith. So, how do you now, how do we now reconcile the concept of faith and works? I mean, James speaks to that, but what do you, right. what are your, your thoughts on
2: that? Yeah. Any, I, I, I think well I think James is where you have to go for yeah. that because I think James James is responding in his church to maybe some of the things that 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 his members were interpreting wrongly about what Paul was saying right um and so Paul I don't believe first of all let me let me just say I don't think Paul and James are uh, are opposed sure in their right I think they're they're saying the same thing right they're just reacting uh in their preaching uh or in their letters to the crowds that they are the audience that is there and so James makes it very makes it very clear, um, and I think this is kind of just kind of backing up to an overall view of of the New Testament. Nowhere is the concept of faith ever separated from the concept of obedience. Faith and obedience always go together. Because, and again, if we think of faith in terms of something that we possess, then we think of obedience in terms of the 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 actions that flow out of that faith. So, so we are not, uh, justified by our works. We are justified to good works, Right. Um, and that's, that's, that's what Paul says in Ephesians two. Uh, that's what he's getting at in Ephesians two, eight through 10 is that we are justified by faith and that is not a work. Faith is not a work of merit. Um, faith is, is something that is empowered by God that we can then, that we can then, uh, embrace and act upon and and so so again our um our our faith in romans our faith uh justifies us to salvation and then our faith leads us in is accounted to us for righteousness our not our works but our faith our righteousness comes from our faith and then out of that faith flows a righteousness um, and so we just have to get the order right. I think right. that's the biggest thing yeah. is getting the order yeah. right. We we don't do good things to earn God's favor so that he saves us. Right. God is who God is and he loved us enough to gift us with everything necessary for our salvation and in that salvation we are then saved to good works. And mm-hmm. so I think it's the order is the big yeah. thing. I yeah. I think
4: that goes back to your just the definition of faith we were talking about. It's it's a it's a belief with action. And we see that in Romans too. Romans uh, ten nine actually beginning halfway through verse eight there. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it's not just belief that he's talking about there. There's action with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That believe in your heart. Again, that's, that's that, that verb form of faith. Right. So when we, when we embrace something with our heart, um, that what, what it's saying is we are going to be driven by that yep. belief. When you take something to heart yeah. uh, that becomes a part of your core values, that's going to drive your decision-making. It's going to drive your actions. And, and what is it that's supposed to drive our actions? Mm-hmm. Belief that faith that God has raised him from mm-hmm. the dead. So we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that belief then drives our worldview, the, the way we process things in the world the way we react to things in the world all of that is contained uh, in that in that
3: belief yeah and that's why all of these five work together i mean if you right. if you believe uh, uh by grace alone then we we believe that the works of human human beings cannot accomplish our salvation and that's where our faith leads us that no one will boast in our own uh, our own strength but we boast in the fact of the grace of god that he he interceded on our behalf
0: Shriner, and, and, says, oh, go ahead. Shriner says faith is the root that produces every good thing in the life of those who belong to Jesus. Yeah. And I thought that was so good.
2: Right. And, and here, here's the thing we, we said, you know, we don't just muster up faith. It's not something that, that we do. It's a gift of God, but yet God has gifted us faith, but he has also gifted the means to that faith. And so since we're, we've read a couple of passages from Romans, it's important for us to understand what we are, what we're supposed to do with that faith Romans ten fourteen, how, well, Romans ten thirteen. for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed and whom they have not had faith, whom they have not faith. And how shall they believe? How shall they faith? How shall they have confidence in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Um, and, and so, so then it comes down to verse 70. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's, again, like you said, all of these are tied together. It's the word of God, hearing the word of God, sola scriptura. It's the word of God that we discover the grace of God and we are um, we are offered faith in God. We hear about it and we embrace it, or we hear about it and we reject it. And we yeah. do what Romans 1 says is we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Oh. Or we <laughs> embrace it and we begin to learn what it looks like to live by faith.
3: Faith. One of the quotes in Schreiner's book that he points to the importance of uh, sola fide, he says, sola fide is important because it reminds us of the grace of the gospel, testifying that ultimately our salvation, our standing and acceptance before God is entirely of the Lord. The works of human beings cannot accomplish salvation. Thus, sola fide gives all glory to God so that no one will boast in human beings. It's good. That it is good. good. Which leads to, which not where we're going next, but so Deo Gloria, you know, you're right. giving mm-hmm. all how they all work together. Right. These mm-hmm.
2: five solas. Right. Yes. Because now, you know, we talk about, about faith and what it is. The next Sola is the object of that faith and
4: why that's the only faith that matters. The only object of that faith that matters. And that's. Christ alone. So we should wait till next week to talk about all the worthless things that we put our faith in. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Hold that. Yeah, we can do that.
1: I don't know. I just, I feel like it's a scary thing that I, I think of the Pharisees who thought they were doing all their good works for God. They thought it was a love for God, a love for God's word. And really they're doing all these good things in their mind, but their core belief, their heart is that they're declared righteous by their works. And so ultimately that what they thought was a love for God and his word was ultimately ultimately, a love for themselves. And I think we talked earlier about focusing on these rites of passage, like saying a prayer, or doing these things that were saved and holding on to that. And then there's other people that are holding on so tightly to the point to the good things they've done, all the church services they've been to every Sunday, like all these things. I think both ends of the spectrum are just a really scary reality that you can mm-hmm. think that you can place your hope in thinking you're righteous by yourself or because you did this one thing, this one time. And that's not what saving faith is at all. Right. Right. So saving faith, leaving, leading to, uh, obedient faith. Uh, the reason the order is important is because you can think you're being obedient as a result of faith when really you never placed your faith in Christ in the first place. And you're just doing pointing to all these good things that you've done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's going to, that's going to be beneficial, uh, uh, to understand when we talk about the object of faith, because like you say, we, we can put our faith in all kinds of things. Um, primarily we put our faith in ourselves, Mm. um, and everything else is just kind of a byproduct of that. Um, but we can, we'll talk more about that when we talk about next time. That's right.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us for coffee, rants and all things Christian. Don't forget to subscribe or follow us on whatever platform you listen to us on and please leave us a 5 star rating we'll see you next time
0: that's for you Jeff